Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. everybody welcome this is episode number 120 of sports cards live it is saturday night november the 6th 2021 and my name is jeremy lee i do want to thank last saturday's guest president of upper deck jason mashra for coming on the show and putting to bed a few rumors and talking about the the extension or the renewal of their licenses with the nhl and the nhlpa and then after that on after hours i actually went and showed a bunch of cards that i will be having available at the upcoming expo, the upcoming Vancouver show. So check that out if you'd like to. And I want to thank everybody who did follow up with me after that episode. Later tonight on After Hours, joining us will be Amit Acharya and Steve Menzi. Amit is my longtime booth partner at the expo, and Steve is the show promoter for the expo. They'll be joining us to preview what is Canada's uh, premier show coming up next weekend. Tomorrow night, tomorrow, guys, on Collectible Live, my guest there will be Michael Ricosi. He is actually the owner of the top PSA registry sets of the big three basketball sets, the 48 uh, Bowman, the 57 Tops, and the 61 Fleer set. So that's an interesting collector, and I'm looking forward to having him on uh, Collectible Live tomorrow night. And uh, next Saturday on the channel, we will see if there will be an episode, as I will obviously be at the Expo, so... Uh, no commitment here quite yet, but uh, we'll see if we can do something anyway. All right, guys. I do want to, as always, I do want to shout out the Big Three Hockey on Instagram. Give those guys a follow. I am Again, I'm going to continue to, until it happens, which is next week, I'm going to shout out the Sport Card Expo in Toronto, November 11th to 14th. Be sure you're there. I'm ready. Cannot wait. Also want to shout out the Vancouver Show, the Western Canada Sports Collectors Convention, that is November 19th to 21st. And of course, the promoter of that show is on with us tonight. Make sure you come out. Also want to ask you to check out Whatnot, channel supporter Whatnot, One Minute Auctions and Buy It Nows on their app. I had a great live stream on there on Monday. I want to thank everyone who came out and sort of supported that, watched it, and made some bids. All the cards that I did sell on that stream were shipped out today. So thank you for everybody who did join for that. I want to thank all you podcast listeners, as always, do appreciate you and everyone who subscribes and views this show. As always, I'm very grateful and thank you. And if you are not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so. All right. As always, guys, your comments, your questions are in play. Don't be shy. Let's get to tonight's guest. 
He started in the hobby in 1990 and promoted his first show in 2005. His favorite teams are the Vancouver Canucks and the Seattle Seahawks. His favorite athletes are Jim Thorpe and Babe Ruth. Let's bring him out. Dale Novakowski, welcome to Sports Cards Live. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Hey, good to be here, buddy. I'm doing great, and I uh, look forward to doing a great entertaining night for your uh, for your fans. I, I, I appreciate it. I'm sure the audience will, will, will be able to learn uh, some insights, some knowledge. You've been around the hobby for a long time. And, you know, as we were discussing just before, you told me that you have a good Babe Ruth story. He's one of your favorite athletes of all time. And I said, well, don't tell me yeah. now. Let's save it for the show. So why don't you lead us off and what, tell us about your Babe Ruth story? Yeah. You know, when we go back to kind of the foundation of, of, of sports and how we talk about Babe Ruth as being – kind of the first iconic athlete that really brought us into the century. Um, uh, it was well known when Babe Ruth was was playing that even a mother knew not to throw away uh, a card or, or a signed baseball, that type of thing. And um, so it really, the basis and the foundation really started there. And sports itself became iconic. Sports became the history. History was made right on the spot. So that's kind of what I, I like about Babe Ruth. And, um, you know, the thing what I feel about um, with Babe Ruth is you can never go wrong in collecting him. I, I know he's an expensive uh, type of uh, journey, but uh, I assure you that in uh, 10 years from now, he'll still be a demand and it'll still be, uh, you know, certainly uh, very uh, popular. Um, and he always makes heads, uh, heads turn whenever you have a quality item at, at some of the bigger shows. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, it's interesting. You said that in 10 years from now, Babe Ruth is still going to be, uh, you know, a subject that people are going to pursue for their collections. And I want I want to I want to play off of that a little bit, Dale, because one of the sure. things that comes up a lot right now in, in, in discussion when we talk about the future of the hobby is that, you know, are in 20 years, who are who are collectors going to collect? Are they going to collect the Babe Ruths, the Mickey Mantles, the Joe DiMaggio's, the Bill Russell's, like all, you know, uh, the Maurice Richards and, and, and Gordy Howe's, or mm -hmm. are we going to collect the stars of today? And to me, it seems like we're still collecting. There's still a huge demand for Babe Ruth. So in your opinion, like, you know, 20 years from now, do you think that collectors are still going to be collecting those icons that I just mentioned and maybe even that next level of Hall of Famer? Or are people going to be more focused on, the players that they grew up watching live, like the players who are playing in sports today. Yeah, I, I think you just almost, uh, you said it all there. I think demand is always going to move people into what they feel um, is, is exciting for them. So seeing an athlete like a Connor McDavid play or Russell Wilson or, or another player like that, um, they are going to just naturally feel more, I feel comfortable with collecting that. It's more of an action collecting, if you know what I mean by that. It's, it, it's uh, something that allows people to uh, kind of interface with something that's happening today. That will not change. That is where the future is. Um, and, and even today, how we see the... Uh, and you know the uh, different platforms in which um, you know cards are being marketed um, is also going to enhance that even more. But as far as when we get to the Babe Ruth and so on, and you're kind of saying like when 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 we're dead, 
who's going to be collecting, right? And and I would say when you stick to the goats, you can't go wrong. Like, I mean, they will always be in demand because they're just the rarity is there. It follows simple economics or uh, uh, the fundamentals of economics that, you know, uh, that uh, demand is there, but the price will always be there because of the, the uh, limited uh, amount that's on there. So to make it simple, that, that's how it breaks down. Yeah, no, well said. And I think that I, I agree. I think, you know, there's a lot of talk often about the Mount Rushmore of each sport. Who are the Mount Rushmore players? And I think that, the, you know, the Mount Rushmore only yeah. has room for four, but there's probably more that more players who could get mm-hmm. on to a Mount Rushmore if that mountain was wider. And, you know, those are the players that I think will will be collectible forever because they are written in history and they won't be forgotten. And, and I always kind of think to myself, you know, you take all the Hall of Famers of any sport and you start at the top with the, the top level guys, the Babe Ruths, the Wayne Gretzky's, the Michael Jordans, and you make your way down. At what point of that of, of that hierarchy does the future start to forget or not care about those players? That's not, it's, 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 it's something yeah, to good. think about. I mean, I don't know if you have any comment yeah. on that because it's sort of, it's really difficult to, uh, to quantify. Well, I, I think it is. And, and I think as history evolves and, and it changes, uh, let's say the Mount Rushmore, the, some of the players are going to change. Like when we look at uh, Tom Brady, um, he's already done that where, you know, people would not have talked about him, uh, you know, uh, say 10 years ago. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay. Well, great, great way to kick off the show, Dale. Thanks again for joining. Uh, We're going to get into talking a bit about your hobby history and that. Before we do, I just want to say hello Mm -hmm. to the chat. We got Foul Five Ball with us. Uncommon Curators got his beer and nachos in hand. Welcome to the show, Troy. Nice. Mark Santucci. Yeah, we're going to do a show after this again, as I mentioned earlier, with uh, with Amit and Steve, who promotes, uh, you know, who's Dale's counterpart. Dale promotes the Western Canadian. Yeah, show. my buddy. Steve promotes the Eastern Canada show, the Toronto show. Tom, good evening. Dennis, good to see you. Birds on a bat. Al G in the house. J.W. Fulcher in the house. Santucci says the Jets lost to the Garbage Islanders 2 nothing. Your wife's team being the Habs and my team lost to Vegas. Ruins. <laughs> Sean Robb, thank you to Sean for sending in some questions. And uh, hey, Sean, there you go. Yeah, Steve, sir, good to see you, Sean. Another great Michigan card show today. Good to hear. Good to hear. We got Jay Z in the house. He's from out west. He'll be set up at your show in a couple of weeks. We got an anonymous Facebook user, Santucci, is filling us in with this. Yeah, you, I need someone to keep me appraised, guys, or apprised, sorry, of the uh, the Calgary Flames score tonight. I really appreciate it. Pringle, good evening. Facebook user says the Colossus of SWAT, the great Bambino. Yeah, Babe Ruth gets a lot of for sure. Birds on a Bat says, look at the demand for Ty Cobb. Not a person alive who watched him play, but he is still, he's written in history, right? He's up there with the Babe Ruth. Mm -hmm. Gehrig's, I know Lou Gehrig's another one of your your favorites. So makes sense. Jeff McMahon, Skeppy in the house. Uncommon Curator says, here's come and go. Some heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Best line from the Sandlot said by Babe in the movie. That makes sense for sure. For sure. Yeah. Jay-Z says the regular star stuff will fade, but the superstar players locked into American lore will always be worth money. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, Adam, I agree. Good evening. What will people collect when I'm dead? Dark thoughts. <laughs> Victor. Well, great to have you as always, Victor. Thanks for joining. Busby. Good to see a slab guy. Colin Murray's in the house. 
Kevin Mitchell says that Bill Simmons talks about a Hall of Fame pyramid, and I think that's reflected in collectability. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And welcome to the show, Kevin. Karn Rye in the house. Karn, looking forward to oh, seeing you. Oh, Karn, my buddy Karn. Buddy Karn, Karn in the house. Karn's, Karn's got big things going on. Vintage oh, he does. The, the price for Ruth cards are still going up. It's not going to slow down. Luigi, welcome to the show. Uncommon says, today's greats will never compare to the pioneering legends of the game on the Mount Rushmore of sports. Well, I mean, they, it's funny It's funny that we said that when we say that they will never compare, you know, they'll never compare in terms of their legendary status as being pioneers. But if you think about the skills and, and the training levels and how how just how talented today's players are, I think they do compare from a from a skill and, and you know on field, on oh, ice, on court. Absolutely. We got overtime grading in the house. We got Santucci says, I'm watching the Rangers Calgary. I'll see you at 11. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. And uh, Bill says, we can look at the current hot players of the 20 years ago, Spezza, Nash, Gabrick. They lost interest over time, can do a similar projection. to. The... I think about that all the time, Bill. Dale, I think about mm-hmm, that all the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone is collecting who's hot right now. A lot of people Absolutely. are. And if you look forward, or if you look back 20 years to the hot rookies, the you know, in hockey, Ilya Kovalchuk, these guys that, that oh, Bill yeah. mentioned there, yeah. people don't care as much about them now. So you you it's you know, you gotta be careful when you're putting a lot of money into the the flavor of the year sort of players. I would, mm-hmm. I would think to anyone who's coming up like this as Facebook user, feel free to put your, your name in the in the comments so we know who you are. I always like to to address you. Mosaic Mind lets us know it's zero zero Rangers Calgary. Thank you very much. <laughs> And Kevin Mitchell says, I was at the Bonsoir show. This is one of Dale's shows that he promotes as well, uh, 20 years ago. And the big name young guns were Milan Kraft and Pavel yeah. Brendel. They have disappeared. That's Remember? Oh, yeah. They didn't have much I of a first career. first round pick. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thanks again to Dale. Dale, let's get into a bit about your hobby history. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that you've been in the hobby for about over 30 years, but why don't you tell us, like, what happened in oh, the 1990s? God, how, did, how did you really get into it in the, in the early 90s? Yeah, you know, um, I, I always collected as a kid in, the, in uh, like, the mid to late like, late 70s and, and like any other kid and, and then kind of disappeared. You started to get into high skill and to sports and to girls and all that. You kind of move to a different direction, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty much the same. And, um, you know, in 1990, I remember um, that I had uh, broken up with a girlfriend and a buddy of mine came over, sat on my couch and I'm like weeping. And uh, he says, hey dude, you know, uh, we gotta do something about, uh, about all this. And he said, uh, uh, why don't we go to a card shop? And I had no clue what he meant by a card shop, like greeting card shop, like what? Right. So Hallmark. I hadn't re- I hadn't really gotten into this yet. So um, anyways, he ends up bringing out a box of uh, score football in, in my in my apartment and he starts opening it up. And, and I was just amazed by the whole thing uh, that that, you know, first of all, I thought great name score. And then he was telling me another one about pro set. I go, wow, pro set. That's going to you know, that's going to last forever. What a great name. That's, that's a quality product right there, you know? So, uh, so anyways, from there, we went to uh, the, the, the hobby shop that was there. Um, and it was like electric at that point. And it really was. I remember walking in, looking to my right and uh, looking on a table and they had a bunch of cards into nine sheet uh, pages. And the specific one I remember was uh, Warren Moon cards. 
and they were a dollar a piece in there. And the first thing that came to my head is, I cannot believe cards would be worth this kind of money, a whole dollar. So, uh, you know, you compare that to today's standards. I mean, it, it's kind of comical, right? But it really was. From there, I just took off. I just fell in love with it. And it, and it was a passion. And it never left. Can you, can you at all kind of nail down what it was that you loved about it, what it was that caused it to be a passion? And this is not an easy question to answer, I don't think, but I'm going to put it to the test anyway. Like, can you can you sort of uh, hone in on or isolate what it is about the cards, the hobby that that made you just have that feeling and got you excited? Yeah, I I, I actually think it's easy to answer. For me, it was like, reconnecting with the childhood reconnecting with those cards and at the same time that you could deal deal with it uh in in a way of making money um so it, it was kind of the two i saw it as an opportunity kind of like today how maybe some people feel about nfts uh this type of thing um shout out to karn uh it's kind of was the same thing kind of back then. I, it was kind of a, a mesmerizing kind of thing of taking something that was almost seemed as worthless and now it was worth something. Now, remember, you know, in the early 80s or into the 80s, late 80s, you know, a lot of people were just, you know, collections were like were zero. It really was Dr. James Beckett that made the hobby start in Canada, in my, in my opinion. Um, his magazine came out. And all of a sudden had Gretzky on the cover. And all of a sudden people knew, let's go into the attic, let's go into the basement, let's go get our cards. And uh, even today with everything that we've seen and how it evolved, it was still nothing compares to the way it was back then. Um, as far as it really was like um, uh, finding treasures for a lot of people. I, I You know, it was, it was exciting. Yeah, no, I remember the first time that magazine came out and I had been collecting. Yeah, you remember? Oh yeah, I'd been collecting sets throughout the 80s. I had my complete sets of every, of every Opeachy hockey uh, year and the magazine came out and I didn't think about the values. I always cherished my cards. They weren't being thrown against walls. My cards were being kept in good condition as a kid and I always completed the sets. And I remember that magazine came out mm -hmm. and I looked at it and the one that comes to mind is my Steve Eiserman rookie. I remember thinking, wow, this thing's worth whatever it was, $60 or $40. And I thought, wow. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Wow, I'm rich. I've got a 60 or $40 card. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, you that's know? the way you looked at it back then. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and it, it really was. It was kind of like, uh, you know, when you would get even to – card shows back then let's say you had your steve eiserman and it was forty dollars and there was it didn't matter if it was gem mint or if it had a grease in it people are paying forty dollars there was the grading aspect of it was not even evolving at that point you know uh, all i can tell you is that line, there are lineups down the door like like all of uh, there's a number of people that can relate to this that just wanted in and there was there was uh, more money than there was uh, that's my more money thing um, than there were cards, and um, but people were not as educated, and they would buy sets and buy different things um, that were not um, to value, and that that was my first uh, you know education really in understanding in the difference between them you know uh like you you know we've, we've both gone to business school we understand 
there are certain things that separate a commodity. And, and, and I, I realized that right away. Yeah, um, it was as soon as there was your a story. dollar value that was put on these things that kind of the, the, the whole thing shifted a little bit and it made it uh, a business as well as a collecting hobby, uh, you know, something of value. So, and, and it hasn't ever reversed or gone back. And it's just actually that whole phenomenon no. has just grown and exacerbated and become uh, a driving force, <laughs> or if not the driving force um, in the hobby. Although you mentioned earlier, then you said it's easy to answer. It comes down to nostalgia. And I always, I believe firmly that nostalgia is what, what keeps the hobby healthy and why it will never go away. Because we, as humans, we just have, and we just have nostalgia as an emotion or so it, uh, it makes sense to mm -hmm. me. So good stuff. Good stuff. A couple more comments here. Uh, said Jeremy and Dale, what's up? This is Eli. Welcome Eli. Jason yeah. says, good seeing you. Good Dale. To see you guys. Regina. And Jeremy, nice to see you, Jason. Yeah, that's right. I was just there. Big shout out to Regina. Dale Lemon says that Dale knows what's up. That's cool. All right. Uh, I like this comment from Skeppy says, uh, Player collectability often runs on popularity, not performance or stats. Jackie Robinson is not top in anything. As an example, people need to collect on the significance of a on the significance of a player. Oh, that's a that. good example. Very yeah. good example on that. Um, but that's what happens. It's kind of like uh, uh, a player becomes immortalized for for reasons that just happen. Uh, let's look at James Dean. Well, he made two movies and then all of a sudden iconic becomes, you know, the rest is history. So it, it's, that was a very good, uh, big, big uh, thumbs up to uh, that comment. Yeah, no. And I like you throwing James Dean out there. I've, I've in the last year, I picked yeah, up some James, James Dean. Dean. I picked up some James Dean cards from the 1950s, actually. I, oh my God. Me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Him and Elvis and all those guys. Oh, I don't know why, but I, I love them. Yeah. Some Maryland. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Maryland's Troy, good. Troy says, uh, buying the Beckett and scrolling through to see if that black triangle is pointed up beside your card listed. Of yeah. Course, nowadays. <laughs> Do you remember we, that? But back then, you had to wait a month for the magazine to come out. Now you just look look on eBay or, or another platform or, or a card ladder and see what's different, going on there. Total different platform. Totally different. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about it? it, it um, I wanted to add this. We talked about how the platforms are now. And back in the days, I don't know if you remember, Jeremy, but a lot of us, used to connect by connecting with someone, say, in Pittsburgh, and you would end up trading with a guy, Mario Lemuse, for, uh, with me at the time, Pavel Burry cards. And you could put it in your regional market and sell it for well above what, you know, whatever the so-called uh, Beck, the Beckett said or where the arrows were going. And and one of the reasons of going to shows back then was was to connect with guys that you could do it that way talk about the grassroots of platforms and what we're dealing with today that's how it was done there was no internet um and there was nothing really to allow people to engage unless you went to one of these super shows like the national or some of the others and and those are vital because you know, it's before our time, right? But it was uh, a way for people to um, be able to connect. Yeah. No. For I, I mean, I think the internet is is uh, is something that that allowed the hobby to flourish. You know, instead of being confined to the cards in your own town, you now had access to the to global, uh, the Absolutely. global supply. 
and then it gave birth to grading because we're buying sight unseen and remotely and all yeah, that. Yeah, right, right. It, it all it really helped the the hobby uh, evolve and get into the to the future sort of uh, stages and, and eras that it, that it's in right now. And we're still we're still evolving. I'm gonna go through a couple comments mm-hmm. here. Uh, this Facebook user is looking forward to discussing the direction and atmosphere that you took your show, which we are going to get to for sure. Chinner in the house, welcome Absolutely. to the show. Chinner, looks forward to the all right, Chinner. To the Langley show coming up, which we're which I'm referring to as the Vancouver show. Yeah, I think, I think everybody does. It, it's okay. Yeah, I think more people know where Vancouver is than Langley, but Langley is basically a suburb of Vancouver to anybody who doesn't know. But uh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Uh, be think, stay healthy. I remember is the the Beckett magazine up and down arrows. Yeah, sacrificing our allowance <laughs> on the magazine, no doubt. Jay Z says collecting as many facets. My '50s Parkhurst cards are my most cherished cards, and I never saw a single one of those gentlemen play the game. Yeah, no. There doubt. we go, right? There we go. Unco- uncommon was flipping through some early '90s basket baseball Beckett's day. Great memories of Greg Jeffries going up or Griffey Jr. going. Greg Jeffries, right? For sure, for sure. Oh, and, and someone mentions Gilbert Dion rookies peaking in Beckett at eight dollars oh, and yeah. fifteen for sure. And what's this? That '70s card show. Welcome, welcome to this show. '70s says ESPN also made. Being fans of teams, players from other regions possible. My generation read newspapers. Now you can be a fan of any player. Anyway, that's right. I grew up Dale in Winnipeg, and I was getting a Detroit TV. So I became I was a Detroit Pistons fan growing up yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, because that's what oh, I got wow. on TV. So the Bad Boys, Bad that Boys, was, that was my team. Unfortunately, it wasn't the Bulls. I might have a few more Michael Jordan cards if uh, if I was getting Chicago yeah. TV instead of Detroit. So sure. So, Back to your your hobby history and uh, you know that first mm-hmm. month, the score football and pro set football. So you did all that, and then basically in two thousand and five, you started promoting card shows. How did you get into the card show promoting business? Well, it, it, it was uh, it was kind of a trying time in the hobby at that point. There was uh, uh, fear of the the player strike that was going to happen at the time. Um, hockey was the salaries were about to escalate. The hobby was, in my opinion, at more of a uh, stale time. It, and, and at that point, um, it was just before Sidney Crosby. And it was just right around, of course, the year before when, when uh, Mr. Ovechkin came into the league. But people were a little bit um, concerned uh at that time so uh and then with the strike uh i managed to uh feel that uh i could take the shows to another level and to make them entertaining and and put the passion into um uh what i feel would be different um so um i did purchase the the company at that point and um i revamped it all yeah so you know what yeah come back to that but you have a you and i know this because i've seen you there you know i go to i've been at every national since about <laughs> 07 or 08 whatever it is and i think I've yeah. seen you just about all of them and and uh you're always accompanied by your lovely wife angie so did you yes were you, were you going to the national um after you started promoting shows in canada or was it sort of uh before no way before i i can tell you just as a as a hobbyist and enjoying i was going in the mid 1990s i mean uh first one i went to was uh in anaheim which i bet you there's a bunch of people that can relate to that it really was the iconic one that really uh came out with the so-called promo cards and all these things and and the boom was on so you know it it just 
it, it's unique how it's evolved from where it was. You know, that might be a nice discussion to talk about as well. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, let, let's do that then. So the national itself, you've been there since, yeah. since early. <laughs> I mean, can you, can you give, uh, can you give us a bit of an idea, how, you know, from your perspective, your insights into sort of how has the national evolved? It's, it's, you know, I kind of look at the national as the, you know, the mecca for the hobby it's it's not just absolutely a, it's, and it's not just a card show you know it's really a, an industry conference event it's got all the social aspects but how just you know not not without taking too long on this how have you seen the national evolve uh both from the the i guess just the action there but also like the demographic of of the of the attendee yeah uh very good well i kind of touched on it before with how um kind of simplistic on how business was done and how you would network with people and so on uh, in order to do business. And, and that's kind of how it went. When you would go to like the national, um, you would have a plethora of cards to choose from. You would have uh, an abundance of people in which to, uh, to deal with. And um, that is basically how it was done. I mean, uh, the personalities are still the same. Though the people that were in it, from like Mr. Mint and so on, I mean, they they buy their they're gone. They're in sports card heaven now. It's a shout out to someone's store. I don't know. <laughs> but but I mean, it, it's kind of the same concept. I mean, um, you know, whenever you take a commodity, and what what I feel like commodity is when it has value, you're going to have characters in the business. They're going to want to f see how they can. Um, you know, have success with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but as we evolved and, and, and I go like 20 plus years, all of a sudden we see skyscrapers and corporate setup and, and everything. Uh, by the skyscrapers, we have all the auction houses. We have all the different platforms in which uh, to sell your items in the, the third party dimensions, all the people grading cards and so on. Um, and then, of course, we have the... Um, which is probably fun for most collectors. It's all different things like uh, all the companies do, all the freebies, all the promotions, the cards, the, the, the action that takes place. And, and, and that's where I find the, the big differences. I mean, we can look at the business side, but, I, but when I go and like I meet with uh, Chris Carlin and, and, and I'm there and we're discussing what we're going to do in the future, how we can impact uh, through shows, you know, I, I watch I watch customers. Like I try to get a good feel at what makes them happy, what brings them to that happiness. And people are like lost in the zone there. They are having a good time and, yeah. and, and they enjoy what they see. So you can learn a lot. That's how it's changed uh, for me is the ability to interact and to watch and how to make us better at what we do uh, in, in doing shows. So you've set up at the National, I, I mentioned earlier, I've seen you there, but you're set up there as a vendor. You're buying and selling vintage cards for the most part. I noticed you you started dabbling in some modern stuff too. Yeah, I a want, little bit. Yeah, I mean, and you've always got, you've always got really good cards in your showcases. You're one of the guys, you're one of these guys in your showcases that the cards are not all jammed together. You look at my showcases at the, at the expo next week, at your show two weeks from now, my showcases are going to be packed with cards. You're a bit more curated curating within your showcases you know because each card is is a showpiece in and of itself i wanted to know mm -hmm. how many like how many tops 1952 uh mickey mantles have you have you uh handled in your in your career would you say 
<laughs> handled. Uh, hard question to, to answer. There, there's been there's been a few. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, I've actually I've come across or seen not that I've owned them or whatnot, but certainly uh, T206 Honus Wagners, and you would be surprised, everybody, at who owns them. They're they're regular guys. A lot of times they bought them way way back, or they collected them at the time, and uh, I couldn't believe it. At one national, I think I was telling the story about a Honus Wagner. It'd be great to see one. And then this guy who kind of looked like he was from Nebraska or somewhere, no disrespect to Nebraska or anything like that, but but uh, he opens up his bag and he's got two T06s in there that are great. They weren't high grades. I think one was like a two and a half and the other one was, was like a one or one and a half. But the fact that he had them, this is quite a while ago though. So at the time I'm like, I'm just floored, right? And, and the guy just, I said, uh, the only thing that came to my mind is said, hey, buddy, you better uh, be careful walking around there with those. And um, I just left it at that. He kind of gave a smile and a wink and uh, kept going. And I probably was uh, talking probably one of the biggest collectors uh, out there, and I didn't even know who it was, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't – you know, uh, when you're in this hobby long enough, you, you've seen it all. And, and you've seen the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, but it's quite amazing when you do see something that's really unique and very rare. Uh, I want you know, because that's why we're here. That's why we're in this group. That's why I'm in this chat is there's a certain passion about what we like. And there's a certain weirdness about us. But to us, that's artwork. Like what's on my wall here, those original prints done by a friend of mine, Melissa, at uh, Live Art, I believe that is. And at the Toronto show, she'll even be set up. But uh, to me, that's art. Yeah. So the fact that she paints them is she's painting art for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that I, I'm sure some people are going to make some comments about that. Because, I mean, uh, we all know about the Ken Dryden and, 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 and look at Michael Jordan. That card is so iconic. Um, no card in basketball, in my opinion, comes close to that. And then Gretzky, well, that, that's the Canadian uh, – Jordan. Uh, that, that's that's our Mecca. That's yeah. our Canadian Jordan, our Mecca. So, that's yeah. right. I want to ask you this. Someone who's handled a lot of vintage cards, you and I mean, uh, you've got you. Mm-hmm. I've seen them yeah, all. I'm a hobbyist. I've seen them. Yeah, hobbyist, I've, seen, I've yeah. seen them all. I've seen them all in your showcase over the years. What's your favorite card? And I, I, I got to tell you, Dale, I do not like this question because I've got several. But I'm going to, but just because I don't like it doesn't mean I can't ask you. What's your favorite card? I, I got it. I remember in the early days in 19, it was in 1990 when I went into that card shop and, and one of the, the, the owner of the card shop had one card that, that really stood out to me. And it was the first time I ever saw it. And it was the 1955 Topps All-American football set. And it was the first year that Topps officially put out um, uh, a, a set and it was kind of a tribute set. And um, it happened to be a Jim Thorpe card. And I just always loved it. I actually have it here. Can I show it? Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, hold on. Let's get here. Yeah, let, I don't know if it's going to look too shiny. I better take it out of the, you know, those things. Yeah. But here's an example. Like, can you guys see that? Oh, I don't know. No, if you hold it up and tilt the top towards your, your there you go. There, yeah, that. I there, know you guys sort of see that. It's a beautiful card. It, 
Yeah. But what's iconic about it is like, like how a lot of us see it is just the fact of how it's made the background. He's like, he's the foundation of collecting for football. I mean, he was the greatest athlete. Not only was he the greatest football player of his time, but, you know, he won the first Olympic gold medal in, in the decathlon. And you know what? And, and what's even more special is he's uh, an indigenous athlete and something that, that really brought me into focus into him. So I've always collected him. I, I, he doesn't have a lot of cards out there, but um, I, I recommend people when they look at a card, look behind the history of the person and the personality, what it stands for. A lot of times, like, so like, like yeah, that, that's important to me. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah same thing. No, make makes sense. Makes sense to me for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so let's talk a bit about uh, because you do have the show coming up two weeks from now. Yes, you you bought you bought the the card show company. I guess you mentioned in around two thousand five. I remember meeting you for the first time, likely at one of the shows in Calgary here, the Marlboro Show. Um, tell us, just, just take us through your card show promotion experience. Cause you're over 15 years now. And I think that yeah. what you have going on right now with the, what I'm calling the Vancouver show, um, is really like you've stepped it up. You've really stepped it up. I mean, you still do your bonser show, which I think is, is a monthly, yeah, a monthly show. show. It's not as mm -hmm. big. It's not as fancy or, you know, just not as, I don't know the word fancy isn't really right, but it's just not as big, I guess. How, yeah, it's what we call a local hobby show. Yeah. So, okay. So tell sure. us a bit about what you've done as far as Marlboro show, the Bonsoir show, uh, the, the Vancouver show. And, and then, I, and then, and then we'll, and then from there, Dale, we're going to get into kind of like, what, what are your, what's your vision for your show? So yeah, sure. And that was a question. Yeah. And that was one of the questions that one of your uh, viewers uh, brought up, you know, when we first started the show, I wanted to take it with the using uh, business fundamentals behind it, like not just try to do a one and done kind of thing and and take your chances. So I was fairly new at doing it and I wanted to build it right away. Um, I knew that we needed to make it uh, different. And that's kind of what we did right off the bat. You know, we've, we've dealt with some of the greatest, if not the greatest, um, you know, guests that that have uh, been around. Um, uh certainly for autograph guests and uh being able to bring in uh great uh um you know uh vendors and these types of things but to also how it evolved from there was how do we change and create a better experience and and that's really where we're we're going with even today's uh type of platform like when you see the show it's more than just setting it up and having some tables and and doing your thing. It's about what are you gonna to do to allow people to have that uh, that experience? Not everyone's gonna be like all of us at the show and have a background in it or enjoy it as much, but people who come in, they're kind of simplistic in what they have. Their budgets are simple um, and they like different things. You know, uh, some collectors, it's like a handful of cards for 10 bucks and they're happy and that's fine. So what we need to do is always remember that. So every person has a different experience and, and that's what we try to do. So even at the Vancouver show, which is now the second largest, largest show uh, in Canada, 
Um, I cannot believe the overwhelming response that we've had to um, what is going to be taking place. Uh, very proud and excited. And uh, I can tell you, you can ask Steve Menzies this one. It's been a real difficult situation uh, for us to be able to get through the pandemic and to make these shows work. Of course, we had to cancel our shows last year. And then all of a sudden we're in August and we're like, well, can it still work? So we're, you know, we're dealing with the people in the uh, in, in healthcare or, or the people that are running province involving health, pardon me, and, and the restrictions and decisions. And it's so vital that we uh, abide by them and that we carry out to, to have a safe environment and allow people to, um, uh, to be able to do what they want to do and have that fun. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, a, that's a really good answer. I mean, because it's about the experience. I think that's kind of really what you're getting at. It's not just exactly a, right? always your, has. Yeah. Your month, your, your monthly uh, community or local card show that, that you refer to as the Bonsor show. Um, that one is, is more of a card show. I would, I would think uh, when I say more of a card show, I mean, there's, there's not much more there than vendors with tables with cards. Whereas at the Vancouver show, which is your big one, uh, that's mm -hmm. coming up in two weeks that I'm going to be at. That's got it's got like Upper Deck's going to have a presence there. JSA is yeah. going to be there. Who else? What other? Why don't you take us through? Let let the audience know. Like who else is there from a corporate perspective? Who are the who are your your official wax breakers going to be or wax vendors? Sure. And, yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. And also authenticators if it, if it isn't just JSA. Yeah. Um. What for this one? Like I said, it has been challenging in order to to have it happen at the level we want with corporate. So it's not going to be at the level where we would have wanted it to be. Of course. And uh, so for this one, you know, we are going to have KSA grading. Uh, we are going to have uh, ComC that will be there as a third party uh, lister. Uh, we are going to have um, uh, JSA from, from uh, New Jersey. They will be here again. And um, as we, kind of move into uh, our show that will be happening um, after this one is we expect the full uh, participation, you know, from all the companies uh, that we mentioned, we're extremely hopeful for, for PSA Beckett to be back and, 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 and so on. Um, it just didn't work that way for this one. And, you know, it, it just is. And, and that just goes with the way it is. So yeah. it's kind of a, tr a trial, Make sure we can get this show off under the regulations that we're given um, and so on. As far as uh, we, as uh, our case break, we do have Zephyr Epic who will be doing uh, as our official case breaker. I'm really excited at what they're going to bring to the table. Um, they're going to have a super nice setup. They put a lot of effort into this. And it's going to be great for people to show up and be part of the live case break that we do. And they've told me they'll have some amazing products that be, they've been holding back. So um, I really like how they're going to release this and, and how they're going to use that platform uh, for, for the hobbyists. You know, we're also going to have Upper Deck uh, that will be doing their uh, program. Um, and I'm not sure how much I'm uh, able to talk about it yet. So uh um, at this point, there will be something there, and uh, same as what we, we've done before with our CDDs, 
Um, and of course, uh, those include like Pastime, uh, Wiser's uh, Player's Choice, a good friend from Kelowna, uh, Sports Card Alley, which is uh, from Nanaimo, Ralph's Collectibles, also from the island, uh, Wiser's Collectibles from Langley. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Ken has four different stores uh, throughout the uh, Vancouver area and Zephyr Epic in, in, um, in Surrey so, uh, as well. So we, we're going to keep people uh, involved, uh, certainly with the ability to buy wax and to do their thing and, and do a, a kick-ass job on the uh, case breaks. Well, Am I allowed to say that? You are. That's fine. <laughs> that's good. No, it, it's great because, you know, we've got the expo. The expo is twice a year in Toronto and, you know, the beginning oh, of yeah. May and the middle of November. And it's nice to know that we now have a, uh, you know, I, I'll call it a world-class show being developed in Western Canada that is going to be consistent. Yeah, thank you. That is consistent. It is. And that I think, you know, Vancouver is a great destination for people. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that it grow that it continues to grow and, and you know, maybe gets to the level of what the Expo is one day or, or at least a, a close second because, I mean, I, you know, it's going to be tough to compete with the Toronto market and just the population density and the proximity to the Northeastern United States. But nonetheless... It's still a great location, and uh, and so I'm I'm excited uh, for, for that for your show to continue to evolve. Oh, and and I am too. Um, you know, Toronto is wonderful because they have 23 million dollars within an eight-hour drive uh, radius in which to uh, uh, to come to that show. And in in no way do we feel that you know we'll be like uh, there's a competition factor or anything. What we need to do is to continue to grow the hobby and make it great. This is an opportunity right here that, that we can't drop uh, drop the ball. You know, we ha we'll have well over 200 uh, vendors, uh, vendor tables set up, probably a neighborhood about 225 to 275. We're trying to get more in there uh, right now. We're trying to do what we can. I have a great waiting list on that. Um, we And on top of that, um, I, you know, anyone who's always interested in doing my show in the future, I want them to know this too, is I really believe taking care of my vendors, whether it be the Bonser show, which is really rocking, by the way, because we've done two of them um, just in, uh, prior to this one. But boy, did I get the experience to how to do the big one. And it was packed and the vendors and happy people. So I know this one's going to be just as exciting. But what we try to do for the vendors is um, – I try to give back to them as well. So one of the things that I'm doing is uh, that we're doing is we're going to uh, have the vendors be able to participate in a VIP uh, hockey game and dinner in the private box, which you're invited, by the way. And um, what we're going to do is we're after the show on Friday night, which is our VIP ticket night from four to eight. Oh, pardon me. That's going to be on Saturday. So uh, uh, let me retract that. So on Saturday night after we're done at 7 p.m., uh, 6 p.m., then we're going to go, uh, we're going to have food and drinks, and we're going to be able to have, be in the Sapphire Lounge and just enjoy ourselves. And I've actually done this a couple of times, and, it, and it's really a great way to get back to the vendors. You know, we have so many people that are from all parts of the country, and we really want to uh, take care of them. Well, and it's nice to have a social event, some networking, and it's, you know, I, I, I was at your show in November of 2019 at the same facility. We did the hockey game. Grant Fear was 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 upstairs having dinner, just floating among. Yeah, it's a little private. Her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was so. I know exactly what to expect this year, and uh, and I think it's I think it's a really nice initiative uh, that that you do, and I think the vendors uh, 
certainly appreciate it because it does go above and beyond. Okay, let's stop right there for a minute. I want to go mm -hmm. to a few more comments because I haven't addressed them in about yes. 20 minutes and I want to say hello to some people and then we're going to continue. Uh, Bobby Burrell, if you're still there, welcome. Thank you for joining. Yes, we'll be good to see you this hey, weekend. Hey, Bobby. Be good to see you. Shout out to Bobby. Shout out to Bobby. Be good to see you this weekend <laughs> along with everybody else. Overtime grading. Rob wants to know, any autograph guests going to be at the show, at your show, Dale, uh, two weeks yeah, from now? Good, yeah, good question on that one because we haven't actually announced them yet, and there's good reason for that. With the pandemic, we had to make a decision how we're going to deal with this. And you got to remember back in like September and October, um, again, it's exclusive for you, Jeremy, that we were looking at doing something with the current NHL players. And unfortunately, we got kibosh that with that, the NHLPA, the NHL, it's just not going to happen, and I can understand. So we had to kind of go into uh, a, a different um, mode and how we're going to deal with this. So uh, then we were dealing with players that uh, are they vaccinated, where they're coming from, coming from Florida, all these different things. And um, it was a personal choice, but we were not um, as comfortable with taking that risk on. So what we felt we would do and what we're going to do is going to have a lot of players that would be more local into the province. And we're going to have a celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Western Hockey League uh, that will include players um, that have played in the NHL, um, as well, and some 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 nice names, and we're gonna have free autographs to everybody. So it's not like uh, anyone loses out. You get your ticket, and uh, you'll be able to come in. We'll have product to get signed, or you can have the uh, get the item signed. But uh, uh, this is not the way that we would normally incorporate the guests. As you know, I think we're one of the leaders in bringing in and working with the, the greatest athletes out there. So what what we plan to do is to give that experience for those that want to be there. It's very cost effective. It'll be on a Saturday. Um, and it, it will allow us then from there, we will be back at the next show and we will rock them with an incredible lineup like we always do. Good so stuff. we want everyone to understand where we're coming from with the pandemic. We just can't forget about what we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, appreciate it. We'll, we'll, we'll be on uh, pins and needles to find out who they are. Uh, this, yeah. is a, this is Amit from Cardboard Culture who will be joining us on After Hours uh, in a little while. Amit, welcome and thank you for joining. Birds on the Bat just says, I love this hobby so much. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Love love the comment for sure, for sure. Uncommon says Mr. Mint's books from the 90s. He had some great views that are still relevant in the hobby uh, today. Very good. Birds on the yeah, Bat Yeah, that's says, true. Uh, Jeremy and his guests really get to the heart of what makes it great in these streams. Thank you. Can't mention enough how I Yeah, I appreciate it. that too. Thank you, Birds. Uh, Costa says hello. Hello to Costa, who just today had his grand opening of his new card store in Calgary called Olympia Sports and Collectibles, I believe in. I nice. bought this pack of prison basketball. I went today and I bought this pack of prison basketball. I'm going to open it up on the next on after hours a little bit later tonight. Uh, JW. Where's mine? I think that's my dream. The guy from Nebraska who years from now has the card. Yeah, that, yeah. Could, be it. that could be it for sure. Facebook, oh, the Facebook user says, I always enjoy trading or making deals with both of you, but is there a big trade between the two of you that you can share with us? Ooh. Oh, I have one. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you remember or not. You bought uh, some uh, Gretzky rookies from me. Two PS. I think you bought one. 
two PSA sevens I bought from you at the, at the expo Seven. together. Yeah, it was it was kind of so everyone doesn't get too excited. It was kind of before everything was kind of happening, and, and uh, Jeremy was very polite and courteous and uh, persistent. And I thought, well, I think I'm going to let him have the best of me. So I, I I let him purchase the two cards, and he gave me a big thank you. And uh, I'm not sure what he's done with the cards now, but I'm I'm sure he tripled his investment on those two at least. Yeah, probably. I'm. I'm sure I did. By yeah, time, but, uh, we we we've, we've always con uh, consulted with each other, haven't we? We've always talked about. You know, I would ask you what do you think, or you ask me what I think, things like that. Yeah, you know. It's, yeah, it's we've always, always gotten nice. along well. You know what? Nobody can know everything in this hobby, and it's always good to get a second opinion yeah. on not not only a, to gauge the market, but to look at a card itself and to maybe assess its authenticity or has it been trimmed or whatever it is. And so it's, I, I recommend it to anybody, you know, it's always yeah. good to have a go-to person if you can. And if you don't come to me at a show, I mean, I'm happy to help people look at a card. I want to help protect people from any, you know, uh, poor decisions. So if you don't have someone yourself, come see me at the expo or the Vancouver show or wherever I am. But if you have people, you, you know, talk to them. Like I've, I've consulted with Dale and other people at the show over the years and yeah. it's an important that it's part of the community. It's part of looking out for each other. It's part of growing the hobby. And we're all aligned in all of those ways. So, okay. Terry Fortune yeah. lets me know that it's one nothing for the flames, which is good news. Good news. JW yeah. Fulcher says sports card promoter, easiest job in the world this year, right? LOL. So obviously being sarcastic. Oh. Yeah. It's been yeah. stressful, uh, stressful for the best of you. Oh. I'm sure. I am sure. Thank you, Guy. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, uh, Mark, for the updates. And then I see uh, the Rangers tied it up, but then it got called back. Wow, that was quick. Five, so no goal. And Troy, as always, uh, reminds everybody to hit the thumbs up button and, and like, like the video. I appreciate that, Troy. And I'll just, I'll, I'll, I want to just welcome everybody who's never seen Sports Cards Live before. If you're here because you know Dale, you know his shows, uh, you're on the West Coast, you know, mm -hmm. thanks, for, thanks for joining the show. And if you're not yet subscribed to this YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. And, you know, we bring interviews like this just about every Saturday night. So please uh, join the community. Glad to have you. And thank you for joining. Yeah, the Rangers goal was offside. So the goal was called back. That's great to know. Uh, appreciate that. Sumo Menko Man says, glad to see Upper Deck will be at the show. Missed them at the National. Yeah, I had, you know, the yeah. president of Upper Deck was on this show last Saturday and uh, I asked him, why weren't you at the National? And and he, you know, he answered that. So if anyone's interested in, in what their plans are and what they've been doing, uh, go back into the Sports Cards Live uh, archives. It's just last week's video. And you can uh, see the interview I did with uh, with Jason Moshera from Upper Deck. It was a great episode. Thank you, Michael Ham. Always good to see you, buddy. A good, a good guy who I met at the National and had some good fun with him. There's Ken from Pastimes says, finally some love. Kenny! There you hey, go. Ken. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. Ryan York took my five-year-old son to a Bonsoir show a few weeks back. Nearly every dealer offered him free cards. What a great experience for a young kid. We'll be back in Langley for the big show. So uh, right here, Dale. Great this, to hear. This is so important because what this is telling me and should be telling everybody, number one, it's good advice. Young kids, give them cards. Do it. Give young kids. It's good for Absolutely. the hobby. Absolutely. But now, not only did we win over Ryan's son, we've won. We as the hobby have won over Ryan. That's because there's good people in this hobby. There are good people who mm -hmm. it's. We're all working together here. I, this, 
I love it. This is this is huge. So you know, kudos yeah. to your vendors. It also says that your vendor selection, Dale, is good. Your vendor selection is good. I think mm-hmm. vendor selection is becoming more and more important now for card show promoters than it's ever been. Oh yeah. Do you want to? Can you speak to that at all without without offending anybody? Yeah. I guess? <laughs> yeah. You know what? One of the things that when we kind of had a reboot button with everything going on, we didn't have shows in a while. And I I know the market's going to have a different flair, different flavor, and we got to captivate that. And it's one of the things I really wanted to circle was to up the game as far as what what vendors are out there. And people are going to see at the Vancouver show just an abundance of so many of the younger millennium types, um, but also a, a number of really good people throughout the country that'll be setting up as well. You know, we we try to kind of sift through what we feel are people that are uh just one second here uh people who um uh are 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 not in it for the right reasons or that they're not really offering what we need and and we talk about you know attitude i mean that's what we're talking about here what that gentleman said i mean a big thank you and i'm so grateful that he said what he said and um because that says we're going in the right direction with what we're doing. And I saw it myself, a lot of happy faces and, and, and so on. So, you know, when we go to the Toronto show, we go Vancouver, we do the Montreal show all within four weeks, that, you know, the same experience is there. And I, I'm telling you, Jeremy, that will grow the hobby even, even higher, uh, exponentially, even, even, even far greater. Like, like I, I would talk from like with Ken from Pastimes all the time. We, we, we have discussions about the experience. You know, we want to give people the experience in what we do, and and th- that's really what we're at. So we don't have time for people with bad attitudes. You don't have people that um, maybe long in the tooth. They're not really in the hobby, but they want to get rid of uh, certain things or so on. I'm in agreement with that, and I'm not afraid to say that. So it's going to be an ongoing thing, and I want the people to um, have that experience. We just talked about it; uh, everyone does, and I'm not. I, I create the platform. People are there. I, I I I work my butt off. I provide it, and when the when the doors open, it's now up to uh, the vendors to do their part because they're there for the vendors. They're right. there for cards. Right. It's up to the vendors to represent yeah. the hobby. I think we're at a critical, I think these, I think this, the expo in Toronto next week, your show in just outside Vancouver the week after, I think these are crucial, not crucial, critical shows for us as vendors and us as the hobby, because there are going to be so many people who walk through those doors, who've never been to an expo, never been to the Vancouver yes. show before. And we, as the vendors, and even the, even the, yes. even the attendees walking around, we have the opportunity to, to help those people have a great experience so that they realize that it's not just about the cards. The cards are are a foundation of the hobby, of course, but it's also about the community. It's about the relationships. It's about the networking. It's about building some some social skills, some negotiating skills, especially for youngsters. I think it's great for young people. So I encourage every vendor who's watching this right now at any card show, be very, be cautious, be, be weary, be aware. That we're at we're at a, a bit of a, a critical point right now because the hobby is on fire and we need to capture these these new entrants and make them yeah, feel welcome. Exactly. And the best way to do it 
is when that father comes in with his with his son or daughter and and you can give those kids some cards you can if if if, if I, i've said this before i don't think i've said this for a while on the show but anytime you're set up at a card show if any kid ever comes up to you and asks you if you want to see their cards whether they're in a fancy pelican case or a paper lunch bag your answer is always exactly. yes 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 i want to see your cards you don't have to buy anything from them but you can just look at them and say hey good stuff young man young woman young lady not yeah. for me but uh but good luck and i hope you're enjoying the show never say no you don't want to see a kid's cards whatever they are you always always say yes that's the rule yes and jeremy can i add something to this too I'm giving you the nickname the preacher because what you're preaching is outstanding. And, and and this is critical that people have to realize that we need to be able to um, expand uh, young, maybe insecure people that are there and they're handing their box that, of cards that are in a tin from Upper Deck, I don't know, from two years ago. And I can't say enough with what you just said. I mean, I mean that to me was worth just coming on on your show alone. That that people out there take that to heart. This is what we need to do. We need to be able to go out there and to make people uh, feel good. But when it comes to the children, it's even more so. We're on Sunday. We, we're going to have the Tim Hortons um, uh, Skills Camp that's going to take place at our show, and so we're going to have uh, 1,500 to 2,500 kids running through the show, and they're going to get their little freebies, and they're going to be walking through the show. So I'm going to tell my vendors, you know, have those dollar cards, have things to give to them. When we've done that last year, I don't know if you remember Jeremy on Sunday, and everybody was like busy, busy, and. One of the things we had was like Chris Carlin say, I've never seen so many kids uh, coming around. Well, this is even going to be more so to captivate them, you know, with, with gaming cards and all this too. But what we want to be able to do is to come in and see their lights light, their eyes light up. And it doesn't have to be a $5 pack. It can be your leftover cards from, uh, from 10 years ago. And they're just excited to have it because they don't know the difference between Pavel Brendel and Pavel Burray. <laughs> right? They, they won't. And most people today don't, right? Even with our new Millennium Surge. So, yeah. but anyways, good for you, Jeremy. I would give you a like if I was able to do that right now. <laughs> good job. Well, you can do it after. You can go on YouTube and like this video, Dale. No, I think so. I think my wife's watching right now. It's important. Maybe she can do it. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you mentioned your wife because, um, you know, Angie has, has been by your side uh, throughout ever since I've known yeah. you. I've known Angie. Why don't we give you the opportunity to, to tell everybody just how how much support she provides you and and how she's I mean, oh. it's really it's really I mean, she's hustling at the card shows. She's running these things. She's working the door. She's always she's there. She's busy. Um, shout out your wife a little bit, Dale. Yeah, well, my lovely wife, I, I can't say enough. The support that she has given to me um, uh on the personal angle, it's the love of my life and, and wonderful through every step that, I, that I've been through with what we're doing. And she really loves the hobby. Like, uh, to make this clear, I, I, uh, when we don't do the shows, I don't make her uh, do a whole bunch of stuff. It's yours truly that's really kicking ass on it. Oh, I, I say that again. That's okay. okay. Yeah. And, 
but at the show, she loves that. She loves to be active and being part of it. So I'm not going to say no. And she's so valuable to me. So we can make sure we can read each other's minds. We do things well. And I would challenge anyone out there who is a better wife at a card show or as a promoter than what I got. I mean, I know I got, I got a Hall of Famer right now. And um, I'm so grateful. Like like yeah. she is, right? She's a great, great girl. She'll be good to people. I mean, she brings cookies to those and hands out water and, and, and helps out kids and, and all that. And, you know, and I got to be the bad guy and all that stuff. And that's good, right? I, you know, you got to, you got to also be a lion tamer when you come to these shows. And, but she offers the very soft side um, of what we need in shows. So I can't say enough. I'm so lucky to have her as my life partner and my, uh, and, and really my confidant in, uh, uh, in the, in cards, you know, in the hobby. I mean, yeah, that's nice, nice to hear because she, she's a lovely lady. I've known her for many years now. And uh, even at the national, you know, when I come by your booth, if you're not there, she's there. You know, she's always there at the booth and she knows she knows a lot, doesn't she? she? Can, you can talk to customers yeah. and she knows, but she also knows what she doesn't know. I've asked her this or that. She said, well, Dale will be back. So just hang on, you know, or she'll text you. She'll text you to say, you know, come back to the booth. Yes. So she's she's a great partner uh, for you for sure. And she's uh she adds mm. a great uh, presence at the card shows when you guys are running them. So uh, definitely a shout out to Angie. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, All right. Let's, shout out to Angie. Shout out to Angie. <laughs> um, let's go on. A, a studio. Uh, good evening to you. Hope you're doing well as well. I want to go to this comment here. Uh, Facebook user. I uh, don't know who this is, but says my mantra is I can't, I can't graft a new idea on a closed mind. I think that's such a good, a good uh, quote. Always learning. Always Love the word learning. mantra. Always always learning. If you had told me five years ago, I'd be handling modern cards. I would not have been so sure, but I've been open to the movement of the hobby and have moved away from a strictly vintage inventory. Great job, guys. Look forward to seeing you both in TO. Same here. Would love to know who this is, but I'll find out after when I go on Facebook. Yeah. And comments. But, but uh, yeah, I, I think what I really like about this comment is I've been open to the movement of the hobby and have moved away from a strictly vintage inventory. And I think that's that's you know what people like uh like ken golden have taken advantage of or capitalized mm -hmm. on is not you know the the traditional auction houses have have done that so i think you know that's a sign that you know if you want to stay relevant uh if you want to stay mm -hmm. ahead of the game or at I least agree. compete it's good to branch out and maybe you know move into some some areas that that, that you haven't uh been into before uh ryan who who brought his son to your show says you're 100 right all the vendors were so nice and that's important to grow the hobby we then took your advice and packed up some cards uh as halloween treats for the neighbors yeah i put nice. that on instagram too uh and i did that too on my we had a lot of we had a lot for us we had like over 30 kids this year and they all got hockey cards except the the two the two teenage girls who just didn't want them said no thanks but everyone else wanted them <laughs> Um, okay, a uh, couple more it. comments. Yeah, 70s card show, great advice. We were all kids once, definitely. Uh, Ken says, I think Angie does more at the show than Dale. Haha, uh -huh. yeah, uh, Kevin, <laughs> that Kevin might be. Uh, that's debatable. Kevin He's jealous. Angie, Angie's He's jealous. an all star. Angie's an all star for the attendees. Oh, uh, like thanks, Martell. Kevin. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Oh, that's uh, Dave Martell with the mantra. Welcome to the show, Dave Martell. Oh, Dave. There's Big a, shout out to Dave. You know a, what? He's like a thespian with words. And so I should have guessed it was him. Well, there's so, there's uh, another hey. uh, sort of OG vintage vendor. He's promoted cart. He yes. started the Summit Show. Outstanding. Yeah. Yes. 
Good to see you, Dave. Good to see you, Dave. And Steve Sir says, I love the movement of the hobby as well. I've moved away from 100% hockey to other sports. The recent Tops update release yeah. has me excited. Great cards. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yes. Okay. We've seen that a lot. Well, listen, we are going to wrap this up shortly. I had two questions from Bill he, for you specifically, Dale. The first one sure, is your sure. thoughts on 1950s Parkhurst cards remaining valuable over the next few years. Can you speak to 50s Parkhurst cards? Um, yeah, I, I guess he's referring to from uh, like the 1950 to uh, to when uh, it was no longer um, uh, in business. Um, it'll always be there, okay? It'll always be there. But always remember too, uh, on the uh, con side, that you know hockey on a national level is really, I feel. Um, very small compared to say baseball or others. So you will always find that as far as values are concerned, they'll stay relatively um, consistent, maybe go up a bit, but I um, I really would say only like the, the elite ones have potential, especially, now I'm gonna create something here, especially the, the Gordie Howe rookie card, which is so undervalued in my opinion. And people like to go by what we see in comp prices. And I'm telling you, everybody, that th this is a card that could one day be um, at levels like a Mickey Mantle um, and, and has that. So um, so Parkhurst will be there. It's not great looking product by any mean, means, but it would be like um, anti-Canadian to go and say the Parkhurst cards are not like going to be there or, or value because it, the shows are so powerful in Canada about, you know, Parker's cards. Yeah. So there you go. And I just want to say, I, I misquoted. That wasn't Bill question. That this was a question from Sean Robb that he sent in uh, before the show. Oh, Sean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was Sean's question. I, I agree. I mean, fifties Parker's cards, especially the hall of fame rookies, especially the important guys. You mentioned that, you know, they're not that nice to look at. And you're right. The 51 Parker's not the nicest set ever made. People love them, but yeah. we love them because of what they represent. The 52s are, sorry, the, yeah, the 52s are, are really cool yeah. with the with the Tim Horton rookie, and then and then they get uh, yeah. they get kind of bigger and and uh, almost nicer. Confusing. And, yeah, the, they get yeah, they get better, but they're confusing. Any collectors will tell you, well, which year is it? And they they same numbering sequencing a lot of times too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the passion will always be there. The other question that Sean uh, wrote in was, do you prefer investing in mid-grade Opeachy baseball cards from like 1965 to 75 or high-grade tops cards? Baseball. Well, this, this comes down to um, supply and demand thing um, as well here. Um, I say yes to both is going to be my answer here. When we look at tops baseball, and because I know a lot uh, when it comes to that, and Sean does too, but I think I know even a little more, that the demand is there. Like, I'm telling you, it's nothing compared to any of the other sports. So when it comes to uh, the tops, they will always lead the way. The uniqueness and kind of like the wild card of, did he see Opeachy Baseball? Yeah, this is Opeachy Baseball. Yeah, he said. Tops Baseball. Yeah. Um, you know the print run is is uh, next to nothing, which makes it really tough to find. And even in the '80s, 
um, because there's a lot of uh, nice rookie runs that that potentially could become these elite high high price cards. Um, make them very intriguing, and the pricing can be um, uh, you know very um, affordable on some of that stuff. So long term, um, I I see it as being part of your portfolio, Sean. But um, diversify. Um, he knows about that. Um, but but I am bullish on them. So everybody out there running by some at the Toronto or Vancouver show. But, but but I am. And I, I say that because, you know, I believe in that. But okay. like like but always the demand, no matter how many millions of cards that are out there, demand trumps everything in this business. Definitely. Um, Definitely. I remember nineteen ninety real quickly. Oh sorry. I promise not I just to want to go interrupt to you. I yeah, one okay. sec. I just want to go to comment based on what you just said here from Birds on a Bat says Tops is more preferred to Opeachy for baseball almost unilaterally. Speaking to demand, which you said trumps everything, he goes high grade tops over mid grade Opeachy isn't particularly close. So and then 70s card show says, Did Opeachy baseball have inserts like their tops counterparts in the 60s and 70s? I can't answer that. Can you? Um yeah, yeah, uh, not really, because um uh you know, in the 60s, what they did was they, they first started to do the years. They actually only did it to a certain number. And some of the buffs up there might might help me with this one. But they would only go to about 266 cards. Like the very first um, set that was made for Opeachy Baseball did not have a mantle card in it. And then as the years went on, they were actually even less. And it's very uh, bizarre because you would get, you know, a lot of like mid-range kind of guys, but you were missing key guys that, that that were in it. So it was almost like an afterthought, but it was kind of like, just give it because we're Canadians. Uh, but it was all about licensing. And uh, yeah. nobody knew what it would become. But I will tell you, if the mindset changes for Americans and see the value of Opeachy baseball, um, it could be the same thing with Opeachy hockey compared to tops. Very much so. Could make a difference. Could. I agree. I think, I think the rarity of the Opeachies, even though Topsism is an American pastime in and of itself. Uh, so as are baseball yeah. cards in the sport. But Opeachy, it just doesn't resonate with American collectors as much as, as Tops does. However, rarity... Niche rarity, market. Yeah, a rarity niche market. Does, rarity does resonate, though, with collectors. And that could... Yes. I, I think there could be more potential for the Opeachy baseball cards as time goes by. We're going to move along here to a couple more comments. We're going to wrap up pretty quick here. Uh, Colin Murray right. says, I'm pricing Parkhurst as we speak. I find ones in good condition. No creases still sell for a premium over uh, lower grade, I believe is what he's saying. Uh, Tyler yeah. says, I don't even collect hockey, but I do want some Parkhurst. Love the history aspect of it. Yeah, that's that makes good sense to me. And uh, Birds on the Bass, 1978 Opeachy had some of the same inserts as the Tops, the Record Breakers, uh, etc. That That's good stuff. Good stuff. And then Birds, uh, no, there's a comment I wanted to read. Uh, up here somewhere one second got right here from birds he says you know given his busy grad school schedule he's only been to one show unfortunately met a few rotten dealers there rotten vendors mm. even one who quoted me fake comps great to hear that always isn't the case and it isn't that that see that's the that's the the opposite of the experience that i want people to have yeah at, at the shows that i'm a vendor at because we all represent go ahead dale yeah and, and can i add to that too jeremy one of the things that i i think with, with guys like us that, that, you know, and other people, don't be afraid to tell somebody that um, maybe the different in comp prices would be depending upon the grader. 
um, without saying grading companies. A little bit of knowledge is a deadly thing, but educate yourself. Before you make a big uh, purchase, take a look and see if somebody is pretty cool and, 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 and would talk to you about it. I'll be at the Toronto show. I mean, Jeremy is. You know, you can find us. I'm right in the front. Uh, of the show and uh, I'm gladly answer questions. I love it. I love to talk about that. You don't have to feel obligated about anything, but you need to educate yourselves about what you have because an eight is not an eight is not an eight. Okay. Meaning that if you have a, a card that's created by one company, that's an eight, it's not the same by a different card company. And that's okay. All right. Cause we've got a lot of people out there and it's free enterprise. But just understand, um, very important. Yeah, well, well, well said. I agree. Okay, and Bobby points out that Opichi baseball are very hot for the past few years, and especially now. And I pretty much thought I, 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 I noticed that too. So I'm glad that's corroborated by Bobby. Uncommon curator says Parkhurst wrestling is beautiful, great. And uh, yes, and you bet. This is uh, Dave Martell again. Great job, Dale. Always straight up conversation with heart and passion. And that's a great comment to uh, to wrap up on. So thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really nice comment. So uh, first of all, thank you everybody for joining on the show tonight. I will be back in about fifteen minutes for after hours with Steve Menzi, who promotes the Expo. So we're going from show promoter to show promoter, nice. and also Amit, who's uh, who's been doing the pre ex the Expo preview shows with me for uh, really a year and a half already. Uh, they were virtual versions before. This is live in person. So we're particularly excited for this show that we're going to do in about 15 minutes. So come back, join us on the channel. I'm going to take a quick break, fill my water and uh, come back and we'll go live on a new stream on the same channel mm -hmm. again, guys. Uh, and again, Steve Menzi is going to let us know what he, yeah. well, what, what's going on with the, with the expo that's next weekend. So um, this is a, uh, this is a great night. Uh, very excited for the month of November in the hobby. And um, so thanks everyone for joining. If you're not yet subscribed to this channel, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. We'll wait. Thank you. Hit that like button. Give the thumbs up. Dale, I want to thank you for joining. I'm thank you thank for you organizing. Guys. Thank you for organizing the show. Uh, My pleasure. You, and to your wife, Angie, and uh, looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, final comments from you and we'll wrap up. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jeremy, you're doing a great job. Uh, uh, a big shout out to Jeremy and his show here. Um, and I, I, I really love this. Uh, I'm not a, uh, have a habit of doing this, but we reached out. We talked about some hot, uh, some particular subjects that are very important. And you could tell that it, it was uh, something of my concern and yours. I had a blast doing it. I thank you. I uh, look forward to seeing everybody in Toronto and Vancouver. Come and say hi um, as well. And those that are in Montreal as well um, uh, will be around. Um, we always want to learn. Help us make the hobby better. And, and I just want to end with this. Any shows that you see, it's your shows. It's not it's our show. It, it's not mine or how the how it um is run it's we listen and we want to be able to make it um an experience for everyone so it's ours okay so enjoy thank have a good that. evening and thank you jeremy outstanding you bet. you bet dale thank you brian basketballs for joining dj's gaming appreciate that guys and with that this episode is over we'll see you on after hours thank you troy we'll see you on after hours in about 12 minutes with uh, Steve and Amit. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Hey, say hi to Steve for me. Will do. Okay, see you guys. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.